I'm Kayla. And I'm Lance. We are the Jaded Roses, and this is our Broken Mirror. Where we deep dive and take a really good look at ourselves, each other, and everything around us. Let's just hope we don't get any glass lodged somewhere unseemly. Well, I don't have a story time related Halloween, but I do have an opening story time. Okay, open story time. So, I'm at work yesterday, right? Yeah. And I get there at about 10 before 10. My shift started at 10. And I wasn't supposed to get off till 7. And mm-hmm. I get in and everything's like going smooth. The work queue is like low. We're just doing things as they come. It's really cool. Nice. And for whatever reason, I was just like, I think I'm going to take like an earlier lunch. It was only like a half hour earlier than I should have taken it. But oh, okay. I was like, you know, I'll just go ahead and go because it's my turn. Yeah. Naturally, I go out to my car and I just kind of chill because that's what I do on my lunch. Mm-hmm. A half hour later, I'm like, okay. Tell them to go back inside. I'll see what, you know, what they want me to do and whatever. And so mm-hmm. I start walking back up to the door and this little old lady is walking away from the door back to her car and she like yes. yells at me, they're closed. <laughs> and, I, and I looked up at her and I know my face said it, but I didn't. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? I get to the front door and there are two people standing in front of the door, like scratching their heads and shit. I'm like, what the hell is going on? and i look at the door and we have because they're sliding doors right yeah on each of the sliding doors there is a notice that says something about in order to uh maintain everyone's safety we have temporarily closed or whatever and i was like uh (gasps) what so how did no one tell you though i because it happened while i was at lunch i don't but like i guess my thing is like it was such a short amount of time realistically that was what the hell happened in that 30 minutes that made them go well we're fucked (laughs) i actually met the co-worker the closing uh technician because she was coming Mm -hmm. in for two and i was walking back in from my lunch at two and she was like the fuck's going on like i you know as much as i do i was on lunch and wow uh so we we pull open the automatic door because uh you can turn off the motion detector but it's a different thing entirely to actually lock the door so we Mm -hmm. manually open the door and got inside and the uh assistant store manager meets us at the door and she was like hey so the store's closed down being very vague about the whole thing and she was just like do y'all want to just go home and i was like well i don't know what it's like back in the pharmacy do you know what it's like Back in the pharmacy, mm-hmm. the my coworker was just like, "I just got here. Y'all couldn't have called me." Like, we're, yeah, we're just like seems... very much what what is happening? Yeah. But the assistant manager officially asked us if we wanted to go home, and I was like, "No, I'd much rather talk to my pharmacy manager and yeah, see what he like wants he us would to like. do." Right? Yeah. So we get back there. Long story short, one of our AMs contracted the, the COVID. <gasps> And so uh, it had happened to uh, our nearest location a couple months back where they had to shut their entire store down like all day so that they could Mm -hmm. deep clean it. Yeah. And that's what they were planning to do to us. The entire store shut down and we were having a cleaning crew come in and they were going to deep clean the store. 
Wow. So they may have, must have just gotten the call like, confirming. literally while I was at lunch. And, yeah, and he just, and they were just like, well, we gotta fucking close. Okay, so that makes more sense why they didn't immediately think to call you guys. They were just trying right, to Right, but at out. the same time, it was just like, what the fuck is going on? And nobody would tell me what was going on. That's scary. Should That's I be scared? scary. <laughs> yeah. So it gets worse. How could this get worse? When the store was shutting down, so it'll probably take like two or three hours for the cleaning crew to get here. They're going to take at least an hour, maybe two to clean, and then no customers can come into the school, a store for another hour after that. Yeah. So in short, the store will probably open back up at like nine or 10, but the pharmacy will not because mm-hmm. the pharmacy closes at 10 during the week. Yeah. That makes sense. So it was like, so everybody can go home. And if you're here, clock in and you will get paid for the time that you should have been here. I was going to ask about that next. (laughs) Right. And so like, So at least there's that. And like, I woke up yesterday just very much like, fuck this. I don't want to go to work. I put in, so I actually stayed over on Wednesday to prepare for inventory that was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Where they have like a crew of three or four people come in and literally count every pill that's in that pharmacy. Getting in everybody's way. It's a whole hassle. Yeah. In short, I was at work for... 20 minutes short of 12 hours on wednesday oh my god and even though i slept most of thursday i woke up yesterday just like kill me like i don't i don't want to go to work can i please just not stay to seven it's a friday it's not gonna be that busy let me go yeah and i got so excited i was like y'all i pulled another one of my coworkers aside and i was like y'all know i'm an atheist but I asked and God delivered y'all. <laughs> I get to go home. And so we all like start piling out of the hallway to leave. In short, everybody that got there before 10 could leave. Oh. Yes. If you were scheduled to start at 10, you had to stay your whole shift. So you had to stay your whole shift? And I was like, oh, it gets worse. This is the long story. So I'm like. This can't keep getting worse. What? Why? We're we're not that makes no sense. We're not opening back up. Why yeah. am I here? And so why? And you yeah. you know I'm immunocompromised, right? Yeah. Our closing pharmacist is pregnant, <gasps> and no. it's like we don't need to be here. No. And so we just kind of like we did the little bit of work that we could because literally everything was done already to prepare for the weekend. Like, if scripts came in, we would type them and fill them and whatever, but, like, it's not like anybody can get them because we can't sell anything to anybody. And we were instructed not to answer the phones, so the phones were constantly ringing, and it was just like, what, what I do? I don't understand the purpose, then. Right. Yeah, I, Why are we I mean, here? at the very least, you guys could fill prescriptions while you waited, but if their problem is, like, we don't want to contaminate other people, then why the hell are you two there? Right. Why the hell is everyone else still there if you're not even allowed to sell? And, like, I would understand it better if they said, like, hey, we're a pharmacy. We kind of still need to give people their stuff. Then I would be like, okay, that fucking sucks. But that at least is a reasonable excuse rather than, hey, only people who got here, like, before 11 can leave. <laughs> Like, what is the purpose in that? I just want to know what the purpose is. And I'm going to Billy Mays you for a second. But wait, there's more. There's more. So after we fill all the prescriptions that we can until like a few more start trickling in. (gasps) Yeah. It's me, 
the closing pharmacist, our mid-shift pharmacist, who also got there at 10, our newest technician, who got there at 12, and then the one I walked in with from lunch, who got there at 2. Mm-hmm. And we all just sat on the floor. What else, what else are we going to do? I guess it's, well, my, that's my thing. Like, if people were coming in to clean, you guys were going to be in their way. But, and but like, wait. You guys could be contaminated. So you're contaminating a group whose job is to help clean everything. Like, I don't understand this logic. But wait, there's more. So, um, as we're sitting on the floor, everybody is bitching about why, A, we collectively have to be there. But, B, why I have to be there, being immunocompromised. And, C, why pharmacist has to be there because she's fucking pregnant. She's pregnant. um, That because it was one of the AMs who basically never come back into the pharmacy, the cleaning crew wasn't even going to clean the pharmacy. What? No. That's not how that's not how it Whatever. works. <laughs> so once that decision came down and was told to us, we were like, then why the fucking hell are we here? Because like mm-hmm. all of this, while people are still steadily trying to like come inside and like go through the drive through and stuff, like I eventually had to go out there and I put a cone down and a buggy upside down say. in the two lanes just to keep people from pulling up because people would sit there and wait. That makes sense. Even so. So what happened then? Yes, oh it was God. like literally three hours of just I'm in hell. I texted the store manager and was like, mm-hmm. because the midshift pharmacist is, she's a floater. She's not staffed at our location. So she was feigning ignorance, gotcha. texting district manager, like, What's the protocol? Why do the mid-shifts have to stay if we're not going to open back up? Blah, 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 blah. And basically said that it boils down to the store manager. And it would be his decision whether the mid-shifts can leave. And so I texted, laid it out. I was like, here's the name of everybody who's here. And what's the official policy? Because like, as it stands right now, we're not opening back up tonight. So why are we here? And Mm -hmm. he said, if you're scheduled to leave at 6, you can leave. And I wanted to cry. I was scheduled to (gasps) 7. So I was already... I started mad typing a text and just like, I would like to officially thank you for making me work nine hours this Friday because now I'm fucking stuck here. But I didn't get to send it. Um, So it became clear that one more of us could leave. So they had a short talk and it became apparent that that she could let me go as well. Like it was her decision if she felt like she didn't need me or whatever, but clearly they don't fucking need me. And we make it to the door kayla to the door i don't like where this is going we had to get the uh the assistant manager that was there to let us out because they had Uh locked the doors because a man had pried the door open and was trying to shop (gasps) these people are fucking stupid did you guys put signs on the doors yes wow they are stupid okay keep going so we get to the door and she's like What's, what, what's going on? And it was like, said that uh, me and her could leave. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I don't think he knows that the cleaning crew's here. What does that do with anything? It had been a half hour. It was estimated they would take about three hours to get there. It took about a half hour. And it was like, well, shit. Wow. So I called. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, um, got to the door and the cleaning crew walked in. And he was like, are you serious? Yes. Shit. Wow. Y'all are going to be open by five. Yeah. 
So we had to stay. I was to say, why did why weren't you guys just at least allowed to leave for like an hour so that way you guys did sit around and do nothing? And like, like again, like you don't know what's in whenever the last that manager came in last. So it's like you could be walking around the store and contaminating yourselves more. So yeah, the whole the whole process was just very much like this company has no idea what they're doing. And no. before he left, told us that all of this came about during a conversation between our store manager and our district manager on the phone over a different emergency in the district. Which also gives a little bit of credence as to why everybody felt like chickens with their heads cut off. Yeah. But, so... They come in and they're probably going to take an hour, maybe an hour and a half to clean. And then y'all have to stay closed for another hour, but then y'all are going to open back up. So you're going to be open by five. Okay. And I mean, annoying, but there's nothing you can do about that. Right. At this point. Yeah. Okay. And again, we were told that they weren't going to clean the pharmacy. So they're cleaning, doing their, well, we're going to talk about that, but they're cleaning and doing their thing. And then they start trying to talk to us through the window from the lobby that can see into the pharmacy. Yeah. Asking if they need to clean in there or in, you know, in the pharmacy. Yeah. And so I pull my mask off and I'm just like, I don't know. We were told you didn't. And so they went and got a different manager who let them into the pharmacy. Then again, because they're using a lot of caustic cleaning chemicals, they had to leave. Yeah. She's pregnant. So she had to stay out of the pharmacy until we opened back up and the mid-shift pharmacist stayed so that she could supervise and make sure, you know, they didn't like steal something. That's fair. And I just went out to my car and I gave her my number and I was like, hey, when they're done, just call me. I'll come back inside. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And we did a little bit of work. We opened back up at five and I made sure everybody knew because it inevitably came up once everybody was back in the pharmacy that people are going to want to know. Why? Why? And I'm going to tell, I straight up told him, I was like, you're probably going to hear a lot of rude shit from me until mm-hmm. I leave because I was not told, so I'm not telling. That's and fair. if anybody tries to push it, it's just going to be like, I'm not talking about that. How can I help you? Yeah. I think that's more than fair. It's not their, like, I, it's the company's responsibility to say why and you are there to do a job. Like, and they're not going to because they don't want to lose sales, which I get. But yeah, but this whole thing was handled inappropriately. I mean, oh my it, God. it caused a lot of issues, and this is something they should have thought about. You guys are one of the most high risk places for contracting COVID, for getting illnesses stuck there. Like, I mean, you guys are a pharmacy, and it just I don't. I don't understand how, because clearly corporate has thought a little bit through what should happen. I mean, in the sense but of But not like, to the point, not to the point where it like affects people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like they thought over in the fact of like, we close the store, we get the person, whoever's in that area to come clean. They clean, we wait an hour, then they come back in. Like that part for business they thought through, but they didn't think through, oh, hey, what do we do with the workers during that time? Do we pay them? Do we tell them to stay? Do we tell them to go for a minute? Like... But also... Yes. Also, also. The working opinion of us now, because I had suspected just because that's how corporations do, mm-hmm. but uh, I now have evidence mm. that um, the cleaning crews that they get are either not trained or don't give two flying fucks. That would make sense. When I got back inside, she was like, I watched them. I wouldn't even call what they did clean. Oh, wow. And 
Like, yeah, because, you know, not like uh, there's a deadly virus just bebopping around or anything, Mm -hmm. but whatever. So I actually got to get off early. We opened back up at five and we were relatively slow. And at six, I was like, would it be the end of the world if I went home? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so she let me go home. Well, that was nice of her. Right. But it was just like... I think it's incredibly frustrating that people, pretty much the people in the immediate area who's in charge did not have a say, pretty much. Right. It all went up the bureaucratic ladder and people who have nothing to do with anything that was going on yeah. were the ones making the decisions. Because, like, based on your story, like, don't get me wrong, it's a very incredibly frustrating story. But it sounds like even the people right above you were like, this is fucked up. I would love to do something different here. I think that's the thing, like, you guys, they need to be more united on that and, like, be reasonable. Like, again, like, what what are you guys supposed to do? Like, you guys are part of the main front in people game. They're pills still for the rest of the whoever's not sick with COVID to actually stay healthy. And so it's like, right. for you guys to be put in harm's way deliberately, essentially, it's just not reasonable at all. I would hate being part of the cleaning crew right now, too, because, like, how do you clean those boxes right now? You can't go through every individual box and be done in an hour. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know if, you know, what the rationale behind that is, but, like, as as someone who should be trained Mm -hmm. as a cleaning crew should be able to look the client in the eye and say, that isn't possible if you want us to do our job. But, I mean, that could be something else, too. That could just be them just not saying, like, because I guess the thing is, too, they probably are are telling them to be out within an hour like i know a lot of people are doing cleanings and everything but to get them mm. within an hour i don't see possible maybe two hours if it's a small area like, like you're not getting any sort of deep clean no and across like, an entire store in an exactly hour. and like i think the thing is with that is i think it would be reasonable if they couldn't get through everything because like everyone's been told pretty much to wipe down your boxes when you get them from the store any containers and stuff before you put them away but it doesn't make sense if and, like, everything should be cleaned. Like, were all the computers clean? Like, those things need to be cleaned properly. And, like, making sure nothing is contaminated. There's so much stuff you touch that's not even merchandise in a store. Right. So it's like, you need to deep, like, it, like let's say it was a clothing store. Like, they have those racks. You would have to take down all those hangers and clean those racks. Like, if you had a spray, great. But that means you have to cover all those clothes so none of the product is on the material. So it's like, you need to really think this through more. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, they need to be actually thinking about you guys in the sense of, like, we can't have everyone who's immunocompromised or in a situation like that for health risk to be on the same shift ever. (laughs) Because if we need people here, then we need to at least have one person from the team on there. But they just aren't thinking i just don't feel like they're thinking about the fact like yeah think about the customers of course because that's how you make your money but who does the business for you to get the money so you need to think about those people and i'm very sorry you had to go through that that sounds awful they should have absolutely just not a whole lot happening and then stress 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 (laughs) yeah and i think that's part of it too is like i i'm sure like for i'm talking about the cleaning crew now i'm sure for the cleaning crew they are non-stop now and i'm I'm sure sure, i'm sure like it's pretty much been told to them like get the bare minimum clean where it's suitable for people to come in and like leave it at that like i the amount of like i know some people in cleaning 
right now and the amount they have to do right now is literally insane so i would not be surprised if like it could also be the company that's just saying like hey we need to limit because we got so many people that need us to clean high grade mm-hmm. for them and it's reasonable the amount of people needing it but it's like maybe they just can't keep up with how many jobs they have to do unfortunately Oh, maybe the case. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of, like, reasonings for the cleaning crew, at least, because I do feel bad for them right now. Like, the same way I feel bad for everyone in the pharmacy industry right now. It's like, you guys are in a position where there's really no wiggle room right now for you guys to be out or to miss, because you guys are part of the working force to keep everyone else healthy and to make living achievable for everyone else. So, like, I feel bad that you were both forced to into a stressful situation like that. It's not anything to do with the workers. Like, it, it's all to do with higher-ups in the business deciding these things for you, basically. In short, life sucks right now. And <laughs> most most of what happens is completely out of everybody's control. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. It's like, you know, everyone's getting stressed. Everyone handles stress differently. But we're at the level of stress now where even people who are usually calm and cool in situations are not. And it's just becoming a very dangerous situation in that way. Hopefully, good news sucks coming up but like who knows it's pretty bad still well it's getting worse <laughs> actually we're still in the first wave we're not we haven't gone down below where it started again or close to it right if we're in the second wave i must have slipped through the the bottom of the first one exactly like we haven't come down at all i mean that would indicate we came down for a steady amount where reality was people got diagnosed People got scared. Holiday happened. People wanted to hang out. So it started the cycle again. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's like people are just being like, I can go out and do this. Like people are actually mad that people are trying to say, you know, like government's trying to say, you need to limit who you invite over for Thanksgiving and stuff. And people are like, how dare you do that? I'm like, in August, I told my mother and my family, I'm not coming home. <laughs> For the, right. for Christmas. Wait, why are you acting like... I mean, holidays alone are sucky, but be realistic. Do you really want to be getting someone else's family sick on accident even? Because, like, you can be with COVID without having any symptoms for a good bit of time. And so, like, you want to put yourself in that position where you become responsible in that way to someone else. That's why you still need to only be traveling when you need to. And only have, a, like, a group of less than 10 people in your like social circle that you can see outside be healthy about this it's not ideal but it's people are acting like it's the end of the world it's not but people not following the rules is making it the end of the world for everyone else they don't care so it's not their world that's ending yes that was hopefully the longest opening story time that we have yes but that, i feel like that was a good one so I think you're awesome on that. And it sets the mood, because what's scarier than being trapped at work with nothing to do? What? Nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing. nothing. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say like, what, what is scarier? Because like I could have used this advice back in grad school. What's scarier? <laughs> Tell um, me. But uh, we are recording this on Halloween. So happy belated Halloween to everyone who's going to hear this. Yes. So... It's probably going to be kind of uh, Halloween-focused. I figured if we have any sort of Halloween-centered stories, funny, scary, or otherwise, we can yeah. talk about those for a little bit. I was trying to say, I'm trying to think of it. 
Well, damn. Well, like, I know, like, well, one of the things, like, I know I got, um, like, my first kiss at, like, a Halloween party. Okay. Spooky sex. Yes. So, and that was a whole thing. But I'm trying to think of anything else ever happened to me on Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... I okay disclaimer I have no real idea where my brain was trying to take that I'm almost through my second beer so (laughs) grain of salt but like that was a whole thing and I don't know where my brain was trying to run off with that but it it came back funny (laughs) it was a thing A whole thing. Whole thing. Whole shebang. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna pressure you for a story one way or another. Because <laughs> so, I just talked for like a half hour. <laughs> okay. So for this, uh, I'll, I'll talk about this. This is just first kiss story. It's nothing too wild. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Halloween party. Anyways, now I'm saying it anyways. So I'm pretty sure it was though. So I got invited to go by a guy I liked at the time. We were very flirty with each other. I went. It was literally all of like, uh, like you know those people from honors AP schools? Like super. Nerds? Yeah, but even nerdier than nerds. Okay, uber nerds. Uber nerds. Like these are the people who, because this is how I knew them, was the fact that we went to sixth grade together. I went to a magnet school, which is just a higher level learning for the age group. Okay. And mm. soft uh, brag there. Well, I like, like it. I had to, I had to um, interview to get in at sixth grade. Y'all, she's flexing. I got in and. <laughs> But um, it was too much for me with my disability to, um, I couldn't handle the amount that they were asking me to get done for each class at the time. I got straight A's, but it was, it was physically, mentally, emotionally draining for me. So um, it was uh, advocated by my mom and my sisters that I do not do that to myself again. And I went to regular school. Well, these people came into high school with me because there was no magnet high school in the area. You would have to travel to get to it. And so we did that. So they came in. And so this was that group of people that I just, I've known since like sixth grade. I haven't really talked to them. I was not the kindest person in sixth grade. I was going through a lot of stuff. And I, I am made, shocked. I was not the kindest person. So I actively avoided them because I felt so bad and I didn't know how to communicate to them. But I liked this guy who was also part of that. And so I was like, okay, I can bite the bullet. I can go. I went. It was very odd. I didn't know what to do. I was an awkward um, six, like, uh... I was oh at this point I was a senior because this was my senior first kiss so I was a senior I didn't know really like how to communicate with these people and I was just like I really don't know what to do so I was pretty much isolated for the most part and then at one point which was just really odd the Latin teacher that taught them Latin in freshman year because they all took Latin but me they he came to the party of a high school so deal with that what you will he uh so they got so the guy who i came to be with was distracted by that i was talking and flirting with other guys at some point i get isolated in the garage with the guy's best friend i don't even know how to go through this so what happened this is a wild five minutes i had so (laughs) i'm playing with a deck of cards because i'm alone in a garage (laughs) and he comes down the stairs he's talking to me and um, he just kisses me, and not just a peck. He's full on making out. He like slipped tongue in, and I didn't know what. It was. It's cruel intentions. Yeah, though. and like I, but I had no idea that this was happening to me. 
And I had no idea he was doing this. Oh my god! And he had been drinking, which I had suspected, but he had been drinking that night to co- to like help with the fact that his um girlfriend, his ex girlfriend at the time, came with it to someone else. And so mm. um he so he was drunk, <laughs> and I was very confused. And then <laughs> it just then he says, um, "Meet me outside." He speeds off. And I'm like, I think there's something wrong with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> which you know you know me because you've seen this happen to me where i even if i don't like the person or they've done something to me i cannot help but feel an innate um reaction to make sure they get to wherever they're going safe and to make sure they're safe yes so i went outside god um and uh he was talking to me against the garage door and i was just like we were talking it wasn't really like i was just trying to get him to know if he was okay the guy i liked came over um and kind of like coaxed him back inside and we went into his car and we we pretty much uh kissed and made out in the car so i kissed two people in like a five minute span and this was after never being kissed as a senior in high school and some people wonder why you ended up the way that you are. Right? Right? <laughs> like, I mean. Look, my, I don't know why. Yeah. But my favorite part of that story. <laughs> I was playing with a deck of cards because I was alone in a garage. <laughs> <laughs> I was alone in a garage. People wanted to go hang out with Aladdin teacher or do something else. <sighs> So I have no idea. Okay, that was that was good. <laughs> no, see, but but I feel that connection because you know the my golf club story. I was drawing in the dirt with the stick, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I feel it. Yeah. I think that's why it's my favorite. Because when you're alone and people are like around you but uh-huh. not necessarily interacting with you, you're just kind of like I don't fucking know. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That was just like so. Yeah, it wasn't like insane, but it was it was a wild five minutes I had. <laughs> yes, you went from a deck of cards to a deck of boys. Yes, full deck. Um. <laughs> 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 so I guess that's my Halloween related story. Um, I'm trying to you remember. Don't have if to I... Try and come up with more. I, was just I got <laughs> at least two. Okay, perfect. Tell me one. So my first, the first one I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. it's a cute one. So Halloween's pretty much always been my favorite holiday. Maybe when I was younger, I might have liked Christmas more, but that's only because I was getting shit. Mm-hmm. I feel that. When I couldn't have been more than about six, mm-hmm. somewhere between the ages of four and six. Okay. My mom would always take me to my grandmother's neighborhood because it was an actual neighborhood. Pretty much every house would be decorated and people would be outside to give candy and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So uh, it was a fairly safe neighborhood. So it's not like, like I wasn't allowed to go trick-or-treating by myself with friends until I was older. Um, my parents felt safe, like escorting me to the house and then letting me walk up to the house. It was that kind of atmosphere. Yes. So we get to my, my grandparents' house. Okay. <laughs> And my grandmother just likes, she just likes to talk, but she uh, was showing my grandfather specifically because he would probably be the one interacting with all the children that came to the door. The big ass bucket, like almost as tall as I was, bucket full of candy. Oh, wow. And because there was a, there were a lot of kids back then in that neighborhood. Okay. No one, no one in the neighborhood wanted to be the house that like only gave one thing. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, um, like only one kind of candy. a handful and 
Right. So there was lots to choose from. Yeah. And all that good shit. But being... Being... The grandchild of these people and the favorite grandchild at that, I (laughs) would get first pick of the candy. I got to take out what I wanted and put it in my bag. So she brings out this big ass bucket of candy. And I apparently, my mom has pictures to prove it. Apparently looked her in the eye and said, thank you, mama. And started parading around the house with the bucket. (laughs) 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 That bucket was mine. And my mom said I cried so hard once they convinced me that it wasn't mine. Oh, that's cute, though. What do you think was, like, your favorite, like, looking back now, um, of the 28 Halloweens we've been alive on this earth, which costume do you think has been your favorite? Of of mine? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, the ones that stand out to me yeah. were the year I was Freddy Krueger. Okay. I couldn't keep uh, the whole costume up the whole night, though, because the mask was latex. Mm. And back then, I was slightly claustrophobic, so it was, like, really hard for me to stay in the mask. The first ever costume that I remember picking out for myself Mm -hmm. and just loving it. I think I actually wore it, like, two, maybe three years in a row. Shouldn't surprise you. And if y'all listen to this episode after the first one, it may not surprise you either. But it was the ghost face costume. But... But. It came with a heart that you held in your hand, and when Cute. you squeezed it, it pumped blood through the mask. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. So, like, real old school. That's we're a talking. dope one, yeah. Yeah, we're talking old, old. Yeah. But um, that was my favorite for the longest time. Um, since starting college, I don't think I actually celebrated too terribly much when I was in high school. I think my sophomore year of high school was the last time like I truly dressed up mm-hmm. and like went trick-or-treating and that was the year I was Freddy. Mm-hmm. But the Halloween party I hosted mm-hmm. when I was Harley Quinn. Nice. Complete with my drunk boots. I showed y'all my drunk boots. Mm-hmm. And full makeup garb and I was smashed before anybody came to the house. Solid. And That's I blacked correct. out. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. But then there was Rick and Morty, which was when I was oh, Rick. Yeah. And I, I had I had a lot of fun. Like, I didn't spend a whole ton of money on that costume, but, like, it it worked. It worked. Really well. Yeah. No, were you someone who, um, because I don't, I don't know if you were friends with, like, growing up and stuff, but were you someone who, um, because, like, I befriended a lot of artistic kids. So, like, we didn't, we dressed up for Halloween, but we also dressed up for different occasions, like, for mm. movie premieres and stuff. My friends group never really did that. And even when it came yeah. down to, like, Halloween, because, like, my growing up was, like, really, I don't want to use the word segregated, but it was, like, it was very compartmentalized. Yeah. That's a good word. Before high school, mm-hmm. I had a set number of a few friends from school yeah. that we hung out every now and then outside of school. And when I was at my grandparents' place in their neighborhood, neighborhood, I had a group of friends who were all slightly younger than me that we all did mischievous male child things around the neighborhood together okay but i did not go to school explicitly with any of them uh i didn't hang around with them in like free periods or anything like that and then when i got into high school and slowly started cultivating a slightly larger bubble Mm -hmm. that's when i started like oh this one friend i have is friends with like this other whole other bubble of people Mm -hmm. 
which um, ironically her bubble of other people now includes uh, Brian, my other best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, it like I always saw them as like her friends, but like I would hang out with her, them, yeah, and her, yeah. And that was like late high school. I had to be sophomore, junior year that like I started actually hanging out with people. <laughs> I don't know, but no, uh, I don't think. I don't think as a child uh, or a teen or any of that, I had any real, I guess, wherewithal to know what a special occasion was, much less to signify it in any way. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, I was friends with two very talented um, young women who uh, were very into drawing and doing all these kinds of stuff. Um, They would make a lot of costumes. They would go to, like, NTAC, which is the Middle Tennessee Anime Convention, and uh, they would go to all these conventions with different outfits. Like, they went twice as um, two different versions of Howell and uh, Sophie from House of the Castle. Love it. Yes, and, like, I mean, they did a lot of different things. They would... uh, um, they would dress as female and male characters. Like, they really played a lot with it. And so they loved doing that. I didn't... I like dressing up, but I did not... I, I did not have the skills to make anything. They did. So, like, usually it was like, they would make... I would pay for the supplies for myself, and they would make something for me, and, like, that would be it. That's why I'm saying, like, for me, a lot of costumes were not really always with Halloween. It was, like, different things I did it for. Mm. But, yeah, for me, Halloween, yeah. I like Halloween. I've been to a lot of Halloween parties, and a lot of my friends actually did, like, costume-related parties. I've been to a ton of different ones. But, like, even, I don't know what it was about where, um, I don't know if it was a friend's group or what, but even our school, like, does dressing up for different occasions. Yeah, aside from, like, spirit days, my school didn't really... No, and that was the weird part. It was, um, like, different, like, classes. Like, for one class, um, one day, you saw just a good amount of seniors dressed up like fairies or, uh, madams and stuff. And it's like, we were going because we were told we needed to for, um, I think a Shakespeare thing we were doing. Mm. It was, like, part of our grade. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And then the next time we had a project, which was um, where we had to take a book from the list we were given and read it. And me and my friend, we were in different classes at the time, but we both decided to read uh, Jane Eyre. And I hated Jane Eyre so much. A lot of people knew. And I've actually never read it. I hate I hate the premise of it so much. And so um, we both didn't want to read it because we both hated it. So then we came to an agreement of you read from here on, I read from this part on. And then we just collaborated. And then, um, but I didn't know at the time, it was the same teacher. I didn't know if she wanted us to dress up. The way she talked about it was like, it was not mandatory. It was like bonus points. Mm -hmm. So I wrote it down as bonus points if you dress up. I at the time did not feel like dealing with dress up. I was just like, I hate this book. I want to get it done and over with and be done with this. And apparently we had to dress up because I got docked points for it. Literally one of the notes was didn't dress up. I was like, that was not one of the requirements. That was what I was told was bonus (laughs) from your mouth when I went and asked you. But all right, go off. Like the opposite of every college student ever. Yeah. You actually read the syllabus and the requirements. Yeah, I was like, I, I, well, like, I also went and talked to her, too, because, like, like every syllabus and everything in college, everything can change at, no, at notice, and they have every right to. 
and they write it in their syllabus that they have every right to change it. So I went and asked her because I was like, I don't want to get deducted points. But I think at the time I just didn't feel like dressing up and I didn't feel like getting an outfit together. I was like, it's Jane freaking air. I don't want to come. At that time, I was like really struggling with my body image. I didn't really um, mm. feel like I look good in anything. So I was like, I really don't want to do this. I already have to do it for Shakespeare. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this for anything else. <laughs> like, I like doing it with my friends because it was our group. You were very supported. And, you know, it was fun for all of us. For class, it's not the same way. Like, I did it for Shakespeare because that was part of the points. <laughs> and I was like, Jane Eyre is not, no, why would I need to dress up for Jane Eyre? You put Jane Eyre on the list. I would like to talk to you about why you make this list. <laughs> the teacher was very lovely by the way like she it was just annoying when i had just to do, not her selection of books yeah not her selection of books or how she decided to grade us for english like i get it because it was like fun like she got to dress up too and all these things but i was like i i was i very much wanted to get as good as grades as possible to get scholarships because i was a, i was gonna be a first generation college student and i did not <laughs> care to do anything outside of what was needed for school and for me needing an A. So right. I was like so anytime they any of the teachers decided to mess with something, I was like, you need to you need to run that by me before you went and change it. <laughs> <laughs> we know this. I don't want to deal with this. I just want an A. And it was always frustrating because I was just I just wanted an A at all times. Like I did not feel like because like, I had a very bad complex for a long time where I thought I was stupid because my hearing disorder got diagnosed with a hearing disorder. Then it was like, oh, I'm not stupid. And so then I spent the whole time just proving everyone I'm not stupid in my mind. Yeah, like you do. That's not a whole different complex. But yeah, for Halloween, like, I don't know. I think for me, when I'm thinking about, like, favorite Halloween was probably when I was little because one outfit is pink. It's only pink, you see. So I have, I'm like, I have to be like three or four in this. I have, like, glittery pink cheeks. I have a pink sweater. I have a pink top on top of that because I was in Massachusetts, so it was cold. So I had to double layer. And I had these little pants for like a genie look. And then to top it all off, I had pink shiny Converse on. Like high top ones. I looked good. I looked like a cute pink genie. It's one of my favorite looks. <laughs> like, of like Halloween, that's one of my favorite looks. One of the best ones. And so it's like my mom decided to be in that. But it was a good look. I think one of the other things, like, I was really cool to dress up as was um, I dressed up because I think it was we were doing mortars. So it was for um, one of the last Halloween, uh, not Halloween, one of the last Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. And I dressed up as Harry's mom, Lily. And I don't remember if anyone was James, but um, yeah, so I dressed up as her. And my friend went as Snape and all this stuff. Like, it was a really cool, cute idea. I was able to do the cloak for a long time. I had that. I think I still have it in my family home. It was a a really, like, simple, well-done look. And again, my friend did that, who actually now has a master's in costuming. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Right? I'm really trying to brag out this episode. (laughs) Pulling out all the stops. All the stops. I'm trying to make people love me. (laughs) Well, you don't have to try to make people to love you. (laughs) no just don't be a student of mine oh please even like okay let's talk about that for a second when we compare (laughs) students we've we've said before we are very similar even the way we taught was similar like when i found that out okay so we were at help i remember how pissed off you were yes 
Because everyone's told me how you teach, and I was teaching just like you. But I was female, you were male, you were way more like than me. I was more lenient on stuff on the laptop than you were. <laughs> and I was considered the villain of the department for TAs. I was this villainous TA who just can't like, she's too hard, she actually reads our lab reports. How dare she <laughs> actually and do I her was job? I the one that made it almost impossible for you to hate me because you had to spend time with me. I know. It was so annoying. Well, like, I was, because, uh, like, I was aggravated because I knew what was happening. Because I told, I think I told you when we started talking, like, I had talked to um, a boss at the time about it because I was like, he's doing exactly what I'm doing. There, do his students come in here? And he's like, no. I was like, but they, he's doing the exact same thing. Like, I kept throwing that in him. I was like, he does the exact same thing. My students are coming to you, yeah, because they don't like me. <laughs> but if I was a male exuding confidence and saying no, they wouldn't really be stepping up. And I was like, I also, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in that, especially since, um, you know, since I'm trying to go to grad school for basically this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to I am very interested to see, like, if the time slots that we taught were just uh from different types of students because i feel like most of the ones that i had mm -hmm. were the ones who were i don't want to say preternaturally gifted but like the ones that didn't need a whole lot of help oh no both, both and organic yeah and well see uh because they would come in knowing the stuff it was just i'd get them on technicalities well see that was the thing like they would come in not knowing stuff, and I was still good. I'm on technicalities because I'm like, this is too oh, yeah, much. No one knows how to fucking write. Well, no one knows how to include their data, and then they get they're like, why did you deduct me half credit on data? Because he didn't include it. <laughs> I started having to write out why I was doing each one and how many points they were like related to, oh, yeah. and I was like, this is ridiculous. But I did. So the thing I did the whole time in grad school was I taught about the same times. So I did Monday afternoon and then I would do Tuesday morning. So 8 a.m. Uh, so Monday class, you know, is always horrible. You're the first ones up for the experiment of the week. <laughs> I think we taught at Tuesday on Tuesday morning at the same time. I think so. I think so. But I think I also had Thursday morning. I was going to say, Thursday morning, uh, as you go on in your week, the classes got better. Yeah. Not only is that because, you know, the experiment's working better, we fix any bugs in it, but also the students are sharing all the data <laughs> and information. Right. So, of course it goes better in the later of the week. And I was always confused about that because pretty much I always stayed with the same schedule because my students would ask me so they didn't get me again. <laughs> and I stopped responding after one year because I was like, take your chances. <laughs> <laughs> Live a little. The the vine of that little boy. Shoot me. <laughs> yes. That's how all of them felt. The horror when they would come in the next uh semester and they would see me. And I'd be like, hey. <laughs> and I would point them out and be like, you can ask him how this semester's gonna go for you, depending how you decide you wanna handle me. <laughs> and he was just like, Yeah, let's just keep it simple this quarter this semester, guys. <laughs> let's just so, in keeping with the Halloween story, uh, I have one more to share, and then we can get to the meat of today's episode. Yes. So, in college, it had to have been my sophomore or junior year, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you're aware because you were friends with a lot of the same people that I was friends with uh, while we were in grad school. Yes. Uh, but there are a lot of haunted houses that pop up around the area. Yes. Around Halloween time. Mm -hmm. So, for the like entire month of October. 
every weekend, me, Brian, and our friend Carrie would go to a different haunted house. And I forgot what movie we decided to go see, but it was, I think, the last weekend before Halloween of whatever year this is. And we had gone to see some spooky movie, and, you know, we were just going all out. And when the movie got out, we were like, hey, like, I think it was Carrie that was like, I know of this really good haunted house. It's gotten a lot of good reviews on Facebook and blah, 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 blah. We were like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Okay. And so it's me, Brian, Carrie, and our friend Maria from high school. Okay. We get there and it's like, it's, it's cool. They've got like a broken down bus that like they've taken the wheels out of and to start the maze of the house that included the bus, the house itself and like a overgrown field that they were trying to play off as the cornfield. Mm-hmm. You had to start in the bus and you had to start from the back and walk your way up. And it was very like ominous. There was nobody else in the bus, but they would have people climb up on top. And like poke through the window and clamber and yeah. make noise on top and you know set in the atmosphere yeah. and then you cross through the field to get to the house okay the field had like a dude with a chainsaw you know the staples and then we get into the house and every room in the house was differently themed and once you made it through the house you were done we walk through the house and a few of the rooms are just like really like well done granted it's also dark so like i can't tell you oh my god that was some shit makeup because i can't really yeah see it. yeah But the final room in the house, I believe it was the final room, was like a home theater. And so it's set up a lot like a traditional movie theater. There's a huge screen at the bottom, rows of seats that are elevated slightly above the ones in front of them. Yeah. And you start at the top and the exit's at the bottom. Okay. Naturally, a lot of the seats are populated by like mannequins that are dressed up or whatever. Mm -hmm. But clearly there's one person that's real because that's yeah that's what you do yeah and of course he was sitting at the back or the top so that once everybody in the party made it into the room he was supposed to be like the pusher to get them out yes you know we get to the bottom of the theater and dude stands up and we're just like oh my god like you know we're in it yeah And so we're like, oh my God, how do we get out of here? I think I was leading, which I never do in haunted houses anymore. Not because of this, but just my anxiety can't, can't do that anymore. And uh, we're looking around, I'm looking around and like, I don't see anything that looks remotely like a door. Okay. At all. Yeah. It looks like wall. The girls are in the center and Brian's in the back. I think that was the setup we had. Mm -hmm. So Brian's getting freaked out because he also suffers from anxiety. So he's pushing up on the girls. The girls are pushing up on me. And I just turn around like, where the fuck do we go? (laughs) And everybody just kind of stops, including dude bro. (laughs) And we all look at him and he just like very nonchalantly kind of points one of his fingers while he's holding his hands up to like grab at us. Points one of his fingers to like (laughs) the left. (laughs) And so that's how we got out of that haunted house. (laughs) Wow, okay. (laughs) See, I love haunted houses. See, it was was very well done. It was just like, right there at the end, where the fuck do we go? (laughs) Yeah, you guys were immersed in that. Uh, And then I have a story about the uh, the 13th gate in New Orleans. I'm, I'm... Almost positive I've shared it with you because it is hilarious in my opinion. Okay. Even though I was the one that did the embarrassing thing. Okay. It can still be funny. The the thirteenth gate, for those who don't know, is a very big, well produced haunted house that like travels around. 
when I was dating Kevin back in freshman year, it was in New Orleans, I believe. Other New Orleans or Baton Rouge. I want to say it was New Orleans, though. And so for that Halloween, I went down to visit him mm-hmm. for my monthly visit. And we were like, hey, it's Halloween. It's both our favorite holidays. Let's go to 13th Gate. Okay. And the whole thing with 13th Gate is that there are 13 areas okay. that you walk through. They are all unique. They are all spectacularly produced and very well thought out. And it's supposed to be like the scariest thing ever. While we're waiting to get in, because it's really close to Halloween, so everybody's trying to do it. Mm-hmm. They have some of the actors come outside and like, you know, get hype up. Yeah. You know, yeah. make sure people aren't just walking out of line. And I wore my, because, you know, I was I was so clever back when I was a freshman. Oh boy. I wore my uh, can't sleep, clowns will eat me. Sure. Oh, goodness. Okay. Right. Yeah. I was just so clever. So clever. <laughs> One of the actors was dressed up as a, an escaped mental patient. Okay. And he saw me in line, points at me, and goes, you too? <laughs> and I had forgot I was wearing that shirt. So I like glanced down and was like, oh, yeah, I am wearing that shirt. That makes sense. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, I just, I don't think I've slept in a week. <laughs> And he was like, I have just the thing. And he like oh rustles with his straight jacket for a little while. Pulls out like a, a, a pill bottle, like a little, you know, the orange. Yeah, medication bottles. bottles. Yeah. Right. And he plops out this red pill and he's like, take one of these. Oh my God. And they'll leave you alone. And wow. then he walks away. That's and I'm I'm almost certain it was a fake blood pill. Probably. Yeah. But I wasn't about to put that in my mouth. No. I just kind of let it drop to the ground after about an hour because we were waiting in line for like three hours. You know, we go through and they had, it was supposed to be like a catacomb slash sewer area that had like vampires in it. They had a swamp that had a giant gator in it. They had a different shorter swamp-ish foresty area that uh, just had like different jack-o'-lanterns that people had carved really nicely. There was one that had like Jack Skellington in it. There was one that had like Billy from Saw in it and it was very well done but the two that stand out yeah our first i guess three technically was the vampire area that's supposed to be underground uh my mental patient friend was (laughs) sitting up on an elevated platform while the vampires were just like stalking around like they do and so as we passed he looked up at me and i waved and he waved back and then we get to his actual area the mental hospital, naturally. Yeah. I actually didn't, I don't recall seeing him in the mental institute area. But they had, you know, like the crazy doctor that's like doing experiments he ought not yeah. on the patients. And they had like a, a leather face-ish area, which was cool. They had a saw-focused area. Nice. Like the actual last area was we were chased out by somebody in the pig face costume oh okay but the other one that really stands out to me is the one with the story is the war hospital okay an old-timey war hospital so people getting limbs chopped off people in cages really dirty dingy kind of deal Mm. so we're walking along and like i said i'm with kevin my boyfriend at the time and i see this like stack of crates around me and there's this torso without any legs on the floor solid he's prop like like it's propped up yeah but like he he hasn't moved i've been keeping an eye on him because i can see clearly that the crowd is walking like right next to him Mm -hmm. but he hasn't moved like okay so he's just a prop Mm -hmm. that's cool and we get to him and i can see at the very bottom of my peripheral vision he swipes his arm at my leg (gasps) i screamed like a 
five-year-old girl. <laughs> I love it. And jumped into Kevin's arms. Like, I just... <laughs> and I know he felt so fucking accomplished, but I almost pissed my pants. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably almost pissed yourself. I had been keeping tabs on him. And you know you know how, like, you can convince yourself when you've seen enough evidence. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I know what to expect. Exactly. And then you don't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was probably the most, like, acute, acutely scared I've ever been in my life. Other than when I almost died. On the way to the airport to interview <laughs> for Cornell. But, you know, that was actually life-threatening. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a story. <laughs> I know I've told you about that. I, uh, death on the way to the airport? Mm -hmm. So, when I was applying to grad school, you know, the the first time around, yeah. the, the honest to go, I applied to Cornell, I applied to Vandy, UCSD, Harvard, Yale, like I was, I was going places Damn, yeah. what I was doing. Turns out that only Cornell and Vandy wanted to interview me. That's cool. I interviewed a Vandy. That was fine. Mm -hmm. uh, Cornell rang me up. Well, they, they emailed me. They're like, hey, we'd like to schedule an interview. I was like, oh my God, I could go to Cornell. That's so awesome. Uh, they were flying me out to the graduate school, which is actually located in uh, New York proper. Okay. Um, it's fucking February and my flight leaves at, I think it was 630 in the morning. Oh boy. Right. So that entire like whole month of January had been fine. The first part of February had been fine, except for like a couple of days. It hadn't snowed, but when it rains, the yeah. ice. The ice freaks over. The day before a sleet storm rolled in. Oh no. And it sleeted all night. Oh. And I had talked it over with my folks, my grandparents, because they had paid for the car that I was driving at the time. Mm -hmm. And I talked it over with Brian and I was like, would you be okay driving me to the airport so that I didn't have to leave my car? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay, but my flight leaves at like 630 in the morning. So we got to leave at like four. Early, yeah. Or it left at like seven. I don't know. I was obsessed with getting there super early because A, I had never flown before. Oh, okay. But um, I also knew that TSA was like super strict and if there was like a line and I knew I was going to have to get stopped for something extra because I had my, my insulin pump oh, okay. and I knew like they, they weren't just going to let me stroll right through. No. But because I had never flown before, I was like, I want to get there early, like super early. Yeah. If I have to take a nap and set an alarm so I can board, that's what I'm going to do. We get to the bridge that separates county from whatever is north of um yeah, but it's a really long bridge and it had not been kept up in uh i would say ever mm -hmm. and you know we're going and brian says that there was one point a shorter bridge that like he thought he was about to lose control but he didn't and i thought everything was fine i'm starting to doze off because we still have roughly like 45 minutes okay. all of a sudden the side of the truck hits the fucking guardrail <gasps> We start sliding, obviously, because that's what you do when you hit the guardrail and it's ice on the road. And we hit the opposite guardrail. And then we start spinning and we hit the guardrail again. And then we keep spinning and we hit it one last time. Luckily, neither of us like passed out because we stayed awake. And Brian was like, what the fuck? And I immediately yeah. called 911, texted my mom to tell her that we are not making it to the airport. And then emailed Cornell in that order. Yeah. He climbs out of the truck to assess the damage um, we're still on the fucking bridge while he is outside of the truck the lights of the truck go out and so he oh. throws his head back into the truck and was like lance you need to get out now 
So I climb out of the truck on his side because oh I'm not about to chance getting out of my side. And yeah. we start climbing toward any end of the bridge. We actually start going backwards because Brian thinks that we hadn't made it too far across the bridge. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, you probably weren't that far on the bridge then. While we are climbing, there are still people coming, obviously. Yes. Why people are driving at 4.30 oh, in the morning yeah. in February is beyond me, but, you know, whatever. And I had the forethought to take my phone out, unlock it, and just kind of um, rotate it up and then down. Kind of like, like just to down. get a flash going to let people know that something was up because the truck's okay. lights were off and you're not going to see it yeah. and you cannot slow down in the time by the time that you see it. We make it, Brian made it about five feet. I made it about two feet from the truck when he screams <laughs> and I look up and I mean like we are grabbing onto yeah. the side of the bridge so that we're not in the street. Oh no. Okay. And this yeah. car is obviously slowing down, but fucking ice. And it collides less than a foot away from where I am and then slides into the truck. Oh my god. And yeah, I don't remember this. Seeing Tell that car this. coming to me is when my life like just flashed. I thought I was dead. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But I wasn't. They hit the truck. Brian came back a little bit. As they are getting out of their car, he's like, are y'all okay? We're heading to that side of the bridge. We've already called the police. If you want, you can just come with us. We finally get across the bridge back to the southern side. I, I call 911 again. And I let them know, like, hey, a car just hit the truck that I just called to report about. We are on the south side of the bridge, but off of the bridge. And the lady, like, I know dispatchers are just trying to do their job. I understand. Yeah. I really do. But she tried to talk us into going back to the truck. And I said, lady, we're not fucking moving. We will be right here. We are not running. We will be right here. Yeah. When authorities get here, but you could not pay me enough money to go back on that bridge. Yeah, I'm sure it was just because yeah, the police were probably closer on that the north side versus and the south side. That's all well and good, but they can come down a little bit long farther and get us. No, if you've already, I was gonna say, if it was a priority to know which side to go on, she would have told you that in that 911 call to like go to the north side. Yeah, I, I mean, I had told him when I initially called, I was like, hey, we were crossing the bridge on the northbound side and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so we are standing there still in the sleet and we stand there for like maybe an hour. And in that hour, we see initially that at least two more cars have wrecked on the other side of the bridge. And we oh witness at least one more on that side of the bridge, not our side. After about an hour, hour and a half of us standing in the sleet, one of the cops that was on the other side calls us over and he was like, what are y'all doing? And we are like, we, we called, but no one's come to our side. We were on the northbound side. And he was like, what was it? And we, you know, a red whatever model he had at the time yeah he was like yeah we got we have confirmation that like they're on the way or something y'all can sit in my cruiser for a little while to warm up i wasn't privy to like all of the insurance debacle that came after that brian tried to keep me up to date yeah. but i know he wasn't particularly invested in it either the officer who in whose 
cruiser we sat uh we sat in there for probably about 45 minutes drove us back and then brian had one of his friends pick us up and take us back home and i didn't even i did interview at cornell finally it came like three weeks later i actually flew out had a wonderful time staying on the upper east side and i didn't even get in and i feel like they should have offered me admission on pity alone i almost died (laughs) getting to your interview thank you yeah exactly you owe it to me now. Even if I say no, even if I flunk <laughs> out, you know, I almost gave my yeah. life trying to come to, to your school. The least you can do is say, hey, would you would you like to come? Would it make you happy? Does it cancel out almost dying? <laughs> wow, that's a wild story. Yeah, I don't I probably I don't dumbed down a little bit because at the time that probably. we met, I was still kind of living through it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes more sense. But yeah, so I will get myself my fifth beer, and then we can get to the meat and potatoes. You're yes, out of you're twelve, I'm fifth. not even halfway done. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I heard you on your third, but I didn't know you went to four and five. I didn't know we already progressed. I was just, well, I didn't know you progressed. Is my point. Last time I heard, we were on third. Mm-hmm.